Good morning. The title of the message today is Make Sure That You Are Communicating. Make sure that you are communicating the truth. We, we communicate most of the time, but uh, today we're talking about communicating the truth. Okay? There's a difference. Very much there's a difference. Now, what does God say about the truth? You know, we, we're going to do some research on the truth. What, what, what does God really say about the truth? Well, in the Gospel of John, chapter 17, verse 1, Jesus is talking, and he was speaking. He says that he's really praying. He said, Jesus spoke these things, lifting his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that the son may glorify you. Sanctify them in the truth. Finish it for me. Your word is truth. Okay? Your word is truth. Now, that's important. Because if, if we're going to communicate the truth, we want to know what is the truth. What's the truth? The truth is the word of God. Anything else is not truth. <laughs> and you say, well, oh, no, no, no. There, there are plenty of truth, you know. Um, two plus two equals four. That's truth, you know. Well, you know, that, that's, 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 those are, are facts. You know, those are systems. It's a system that uh, we made to, to communicate, uh, to do math and all those type of things. Uh, but we're talking about the truth. The truth in his word is truth. I want to communicate the truth when I'm, when I'm talking to anyone. John 6, uh, 14, verse 6, the Gospel of John, it says, and Jesus was talking again. He says, I am the way. Finish it for me. And no one comes to the Father but through me. No one. No one comes. Now that's, that's, full of, that's full of wisdom. That's full of re- revelation. That's full of truth right there. He says that he is the way. There is no other way. He is the way. He is the truth. There is no other truth. And he is the life. There is no other life. When we, when we have life, we have to be with Christ Jesus in God. There's no other life. It says that, you know, um, our life is hid with Christ in God. So life is in Christ. John 1, 14, the Gospel of John. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten Son of the Father, full of grace and truth, truth. Truth must be communicated in our homes. So when we are talking about uh, what God wants to impart to us as fathers and head of households uh, to our children, to each other, what, what do we want to impart? What is he trying to get over to us? He's trying to get over to us today that we should communicate the truth. So many times we really don't communicate the truth. We communicate, but it's not really the truth. We say a lot of things, and we think they are correct, but they're really not the truth. Let's look at um, Deuteronomy. This is not in the notes, but um, uh, we'll probably find it and, and put it on a, on a screen for you. Deuteronomy chapter 6. And this is, of course, Moses talking to the children of Israel. And what he's trying to tell them is 
a direction that I don't think we as adults have really concentrated on and heard and really believed. You know, we tell the children, the teens, and I think Emily Roberts uh, gave the scripture uh, last week, and any of you could do that, and he was speaking to children. He said that children need to obey their parents, okay? They need to honor their father. They need to honor their mother. That's the first commandment with a promise, okay? That it will be well with them. They'll live long on the earth. Well, let's look what he says to Israel. And he's not talking to the children. He's talking to the adults, okay? Verse 4. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And that means strength. That means that we should love God with everything that we have in us, and we should do it exclusively to the Lord. We should have no other gods. It's the Lord. Then he says that in verse 6, These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them sometimes. Does yours say sometimes? What does yours say? Diligently. That means that, I mean, if you're going to do something diligently, I mean, you've got to drill it. You have to drill it. You have to drill it not just once a month. You have to drill it not once a week. You have to drill it every single day. You have to drill it all during the day. You're going to have to drill it because if you're going to diligently teach it to your sons, and it means daughters also, and shall talk to them. How often are we going to do this? When you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you sleep. How often? All the time. Who's he, who's he talking to? Those. And he says now, these words which I am commanding you today shall be in, on your heart. You shall teach them. Okay? Verse 8. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontals uh, on your forehead. You know, just uh, bind it on your forehead head with a little box right between your eyes. And the verse 9 said, And you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So now how we translate this into application today? You know? What is he telling us? Is he telling us anything different? Now, we, don't, we know we don't have... You know, a lot of us don't have gates in our house, on our yard, you know. But you, we can write it. Most of us have a post to hold up your house, you know. If you have a porch or anything like that, if you don't have a porch, you know, then you might not have a post. But a lot of people have a post. Write this thing everywhere. Everywhere. Write on your curb. Write on your mailbox, you know. If you have a gate, write on your gate. If you don't have a post on your house, write it right there on, the, on your house, you know. Write it there because I want everybody to see it. I want everybody to understand who you belong to, who you serve. That's what I want everybody to understand. And I want you to teach them to your children. Uh, and that teaches that, mean that, that means you're going to drill them. I mean, you're going to whittle it down to it just like you're whittling a stick. You're going to put it in them uh, all the time because it is very important. 
another generation, I'm not interested just in you alone. I'm interested in every generation, to a thousand generations. I want to bless them. I want to, to, to make them know that I am their source. So you have to teach it. You have to drill it. Do you realize in Judges, that the whole book of Judges basically is based on what happened after Joshua and the elders that was in that served along with him who saw the works of the Lord had died out. They didn't teach it to their children. So therefore, the children grew up. It was a generation, a whole generation, who didn't know God because they weren't taught like they should have been. And what happened is that they went into bondage. And then a judge had to be raised up by God to deliver them. Then they'll serve the Lord during the judge's time. And then what happened after the judge died? They'll go right back to doing, it, doing what they wanted to do. And they'll go right back into bondage. Then he'll raise up another one. So that's what the whole judge is about. But it happened a long span of time. And they were in captivity a lot of time, you know. But God was merciful on them. We don't want that to happen to our children, do we? You know, we just dedicated uh, a child, Rihanna, and, and we don't want that to happen to her. We don't, we don't want her. She needs to know what the word of God is saying. And it be drilled to her. Drilled to her, you know. All of our kids need to know that. Now, it says something that's very important. It says, teach them. Teaching is communication. But communication is not just you talking to your children. It's also you really walking it out before them. You can teach a lot by what you do, more than what you say. Do we realize that? We can teach a lot. We can, we can really say a lot with just nonverbal communication, right? People do it with their eyes all the time, don't they? Don't they? You know? Don't they communicate with their eyes a lot of times? If you have a teenager, you would know, you know, right? If you're married, you would know, you know, <laughs> because sometimes the eyes will say things, you know. Uh, you'll say something, and the eyes will say something, you know, the mouth be saying one thing, the eyes saying another thing, right? You may be doing one thing, and the eyes will be doing something else, you know, right? You know, you tell a child, you know, you know look, you need to go clean up your room. They'll go that way, you, and, and if you didn't see the eyes, you would think they'll, they'll be, oh, they're so nice and so obedient, so such a great attitude. Well, you see, if you could see their eyes, you know. No, no, no. Nonverbal communication. We need to communicate. Do you realize that men, we have a problem in that area, most of us. And I know that probably you women, you haven't found it out yet. But uh, we have a problem in communicating. A lot of times. We use sometimes some this language we don't. Hmm, yeah, hmm, yeah, hmm, hmm, yeah. And, 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 you know, the wives sometimes asking us, well, you know, let's talk about this right here. And tell my wives, come on, do your husband just love to talk, you know? They just love to just sit down with you and just chat, 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 you know? You know? Who said that? He's on, he only said that because Deidre's not here. <laughs> She's serving the children. That's the only way she said that. <laughs> and remember, I have counseled y'all, so I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. 
Now, I'm, I have that problem too. A lot of times my communication, I should be communicating and I don't communicate, you know, uh, especially, you know, the modern, modern times. Now we have cell phones, so you can, you can call and communicate a lot of times and I, you can ask any wife, anything whatsoever. If, if, uh, if, if say, look, if your husband changed plans, does he call you beforehand and let you know, hey, sweetheart, look, my, my plans have changed. You know, I said I'm going to be home at this particular time right here, but I've been delayed just a little bit, and I'm over here doing this right here, and I'll be there in about, you know, 15 minutes later than I said. Why are you shaking your hand? Say it. <laughs> it doesn't happen. It usually doesn't happen. And when you get home, uh, the conversation goes like, why didn't you call and let me know? Why didn't you call me? I, I heard it. I, I heard that. I mean, it was ringing in my ears just the other day, you know. It, it happened, you know. And any excuse we give men doesn't make it. It really doesn't, you know. I can tell all that, all that day long that I was out here talking to this man who was cutting the grass. You know, we were discussing this situation, you know, and, and, and we got gross in this conversation. And, you know, I just, I, you know, I forgot. Please forgive me, you know. Um, that's fine. But I've told you that many times. How many, how many women have told their husband that many times? Okay, y'all scared, aren't you? I know it. You scared that man. Okay, that's all right. Yeah. I know you have, you know. It needs to be communication going at the household. Children, a lot of times, are not getting communicated to. They've, get, they've, they've been talked to, told what to do, but they've not been communicated with. You got to sit down and communicate with them. Okay? Now let's go over one thing that's very important here, and that is that your communication starts with you and God. It has to be vertical before it goes horizontal. Okay? Now listen at verse 6 again. These words which I am commanding you today, shall be on your heart. It has to be walked out between me and the Lord. If I work this communication out, then I'm more apt to communicate more with my wife, with my children. If I'm used to communicating verbally with the Lord, then I'll get more in the habit of communicating with those who are around me. That's very important. In 1 John chapter 1, verse probably 3, it says, What you have seen and heard we proclaim to you also, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. These things are, we write so that your joy may be made complete. This is the message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. And if we say that we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. We have to have fellowship with the Lord. If we're going to fellowship one another, we have to have fellowship with the Lord. Otherwise, our communication is not going to be good with one another because we're not going to be communicating really the truth. We're going to be communicating a lot of times in the flesh. We will be communicating 
world of ways, we won't be communicating the truth in what God says because we'll be walking in part light, part darkness. We want to walk in the light. Don't we? It must start in you. What are you doing with the word of God? What are we doing? We have to do something with this word of God in order to make things uh, really, really communicative. Now, let me ask you a question, because that's what I like to do, ask questions which you already know the answer, uh, that can help interact with the congregation. I like interaction. Now, communication, I said, must be done in truth. Okay? Now, if you are communicating with, uh, let's say, your, 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 your uh, maid or, or your co-worker or your children, it doesn't matter who you're communicating with, and you say something that's not the word of God, you know. Have anybody ever said anything to your uh, husband, to your wife, to your relatives, to your children, children to your parents that's really not the truth, you know, really not the truth? You know, I've, I've heard uh, people uh, call their uh, children, you know, say, well, they, they're just a little devil, you know. Now, is that the truth? No, it's not the truth. Well, why are we communicating that then? You know? You are hard-headed. You say, well, that's the truth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, that's not the truth. <laughs> that's not the truth, you know? You know, so, well, you know, because, you know, that head is not, not hard. It's just that they choose uh, they, they practice selective hearing, you know. They just don't want to do what you ask them to do, you know. The, the head is not hard. The, the, the head is not hard. It's just that they, you know, are not going to do this right now, what you said, unless you change your, 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 your way, okay. Uh, when you're communicating uh, with your children, you need to say what the truth is, you know. And so what I practice doing and try to do when I'm talking to people I try to call those things that be not as though they were. Okay? Call those things that be not as though they were. It's very important. Very important. Yeah. So, give me an example how you can call those things that be not as though they were because I believe that if you keep speaking something and speaking something and expecting that, it's going to come to pass because I believe in the law of sowing and reaping. That's what I believe. Because that's the truth. That is in the word of God. So all I want to do is do what the word of God says do. Yeah. So I try to find opportunities to speak the truth to someone. When someone says, well, you know, I don't, I don't feel, feel good about myself, you know. I don't feel good about the way my clothes fit on me, you know, because I gained a couple pounds, you know. I don't feel good. Well, then that may be the way they feel, you know, but the truth is they were fearfully and wonderfully made. That's the truth, man, okay? And that they are beautiful in God's eyes. Everybody is beautiful in God, God's eyes. You may say, you know, uh, this person, you know, really looks bad, you know? You got nappy hair, you know? You can say all sorts of things, uh, you know, why y'all rub your head, you know? 
Uh, you know, you can say all those things, but that is not the truth because God gave us the hair that we have. Didn't he? He's, when he finished making everything, he said, it is good. That's what he said. So everything about you that he made is good, whether you like it or whether you don't. And the only reason you don't like it is because you're comparing yourself to somebody else. You know, when I say, uh, this little child, where is he? Yeah, your, your child. In a nursery, okay. When I see him, what was his name? Julian, okay. When I see Julian, I say, well, I'll trade hair with you, you know. Well, Julian has real, you know, black and curly hair, man. You know, he just throw it like this, man, the thing, all right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but the truth is really, my hair is really nice. What little I have is nice, you know. Is that the truth? I have good hair. I do. Why are you laughing? You know, I have good hair, you know. And usually people think they have bad hair when they can't do nothing with it, you know. You know, Julian has good hair, you know. But I have good hair, too. And you have good hair, too, also. Regardless of how it is, you have good hair. Don't you let nobody tell you you have bad hair, you know? Don't let nobody say you have bad genes, because that's what, I've heard that, too. Well, you have, you know, you have bad genes, you know? That's why you're overweight. You got bad genes. No, 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 no. You don't have bad genes. You have good genes. You have good genes. Speak the truth. Speak the truth. I'm trying to teach you now the law of sowing and reaping. You say, well, nah, that, that, that doesn't go. That doesn't go. That, 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 that. Mark 4. Let's turn to Mark 4. Now, this is the law of sowing and reaping now. It works. I don't, have to, I don't have to tell you that there is such a thing as the law of sowing and reaping. Whatsoever you sow, that's you shall reap. Okay? Now, in chapter 4 of Mark, it's also in Matthew. It's also um, uh, there in probably chapter 13. We're going to use Mark. Let's start in verse 10. He had given them a parable. And so as soon as he was alone, his followers, and along with the 12, he began asking, they began asking him about the parable. And he was saying to them, To you it has been given, the mystery of the kingdom, but to those outside, they get everything in parables because they can see and not hear, and they can, uh, while they're hearing, they don't understand, really. Otherwise, they'd be forgiven. He says, do you not understand, in verse 13, this parable? How will you understand all the parables? The soul sows the word. These are the ones who, beside, beside the road where the word was sown, and when, when they hear, immediately Satan comes and takes the word which was sown in their heart. In similar ways, these are the ones who, um, the seed was sown on rocky places, who, when they heard the word, immediately they received it with joy, but it was no firm root in themselves. So they, they are only temporary, and then when affliction and persecution arise because of the word's sake, immediately they fall away. The others are on, on the seed sown on, a, on thorns. Oh, my goodness gracious. These are the ones who, when, when they hear the words of the word, the seeds of riches, the desires of other things, they enter in and choke the word 
and becomes unfruitful. And these are the ones uh, where the seed was sown on good soil, and they hear the word, and they accept it, and bear fruit, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. Now, this is very important because what I want to do, I want to speak the truth because when I speak the truth, it's a good seed. It is good seed. And I'm going to sow that good seed everywhere I can. I'm going to sow it. I'm going to sow it. I try to sow it with the men that I work with. I try to, you know, tell them good stuff, you know. Uh, uh, because, uh, matter of fact, I call, them, I call them knights. You know, I call them men of valor. I call them all those type of things because I want to speak those words into them because I want them to believe what I'm saying. Because if they believe what I'm saying, it's going to change their actions. It's going to change the way they respond. So I try to speak those things. Now, I know that if I keep sowing those seeds and I keep working with the person, then I know their heart is going to change. As their hearts change, I know that that, that their word that's in there is going to come to full fruition. It's going to be fruitful, and they're going to receive 100. They're going to receive a 60 or 34 return. It's going to be fruitful. I know that because God has said that we should bear fruit, much fruit. I know that if we abide in him. So I want that word to go forth. And if I... If I'm sowing a seed on, you know, hard ground, stony ground, I know it's not going to work. It's going to come up, but the flicks is going to come. It's going to tear the word up. It's not going to work. I know if I sow among thorns, it's not going to work either because uh, all these words of the world, all this stuff, they're going to choke the word out, and it's not going to be fruitful. So we have to get rid of all that. We have to weed our prayer patch. We have to do all those type of things when we're communicating. I like to communicate with people uh, because what it does is that you can tell face-to-face. I like to do it face-to-face if I can because what it does is that I can see all their communication at one time. I can, I can look in their eyes. I can, I can hear the voice, the inflection on the voice. I can see the body language, you know. I can see all those type of things. And, and I can then help a person if they allow me. You can get help if you... Allow somebody to help you. It's nobody that should be uh, the same. No one should stay the same because God has called us to change. And that's what all the messages were about, was about, about change. And communication in households will cause change. It will. And if you, if you get in this, this mode where you won't communicate, where you won't talk, where you get mad and won't say anything, that's not good at all. And that happens in households. You know, when you get mad, you just stop communicating at all. You don't want to talk to anybody. And that's not good. So we have to grow up a, l- a little bit in, in those areas of communication. We have to start learning men to, to open our mouth and want to sit down and, and talk to our wives, talk to our children. More, you know, not about, about just the general things of the day, but about the, the deep things. You know, about what have you gained uh, and what, what did you read in the Word today, Suhaid? Let me show you what, what God gave me, you know. You want to talk. You want to get this thing out because uh, a lot of times the enemy is trying to get into your household, but you don't even know it because you won't sit down and talk to the, to, to the people in your household. You see, because that's what happened with, I believe, what happened to uh, Adam. Is Adam busy? He's doing the things of, of what God has told him to do, and that's what we do as men. We get in, involved in our work. We like to work, you know, because it gives us gratification when we do a good job. But I say, women... Give your husband affirmation. Give him, you know, that, that what you need because he will come back to you all the time and he, he wants to hear that stuff, you know. He wants to hear it. 
And he'll, he'll ask you a question. Well, how did I do, you know? And why did he ask that question? He wants affirmation, you know? So talk to him, you know, and, and prime the pump so he can talk to you. Uh, and as you sit down and, and talk to him, then ask him, you know, well, you know, now Adam, he messed up because Eve was messing around with the serpent. Uh, and, and by the time, by the time <laughs> he found out what was going on, she was giving him the fruit, you know. And so he didn't want to be without a, without a mate. He didn't want to run around with, with, with animals, you know. So he said, well, I've got to keep this woman, so I better eat it too, you know. So he bit too. And that was bad news, right? It all could have been worked out. See, the first time she, she you know, said something, the serpent said something to her, hey, Adam, a funny thing's happened over here. It's this, this, this thing over here is, is talking, you know, it's trying to, trying to woo me, and Adam goes over there and deal with the thing, okay? Husbands, you got to know what's going on with your wives. Parents, you got to know what's going on with your children. I'm telling you, you got to know if something's happening now, whether you believe it or whether it's not, whether you're homeschool, whether you're public school, whether you're private school, I don't care whether it's something happening to your children because they don't need, need to be in a, in a public school, private school, anything else for the enemy to get in their thought life. Okay, so things are happening, so you might as well find out, hey, wh- wh- what's going on? What you thinking about, sweetheart, you know? What's happening? Ask questions. Communicate. Communicate. It's a downfall of most households, you know? So they get into arguing and bad communication when things are not going well. When they don't have money in the checkbook any longer, don't have money in the savings account, then they want to talk, you know? But their talk is very short, you know? Very short. You, you, know, you know the kind of talk, right? Very short, you know. Very short and very mean, you know. And they're mad. Talk all the time beforehand. That's very important. Okay. Now, God is changing people. And I'm going to uh, tell you some changes that's happening with some people, a few people. Uh, because I, t- I told you all the changes going on in people's lives, right? And I know you didn't believe me, but um, uh, changes going on. And if I call on you and I haven't asked you, it's okay. Just tell us what the changes are happening in your life. You don't mind, do you? Yeah, you don't mind. Even though you haven't rehearsed it, okay? It'll be all right. Uh, Let me have uh, Rebecca and Asher come up. You got the sound on automatic, huh? Okay, good. Come up, come up. <laughs> come up, up, up. Okay, um, the, the question I want to ask is that, uh, explain to the congregation, you've been here approximately, what, seven years? Yep. About seven years, okay. Uh, tell the congregation how you were and what changes God has made in your life. Okay. Okay, if he's made any changes. If he hasn't made any changes, don't lie, just tell the truth. God has made <laughs> God has made no changes in my life, you know? Okay. I'm still the same, <laughs> seven years later. <laughs> okay, uh, basically, Rebecca and I came here uh, 2003, 2004, and we came on as youth pastors uh, to Cornerstone. That's how we started, and pastor, when he brought us in, uh, specifically wanted us to, to know the Word of God. He wanted us to be intimate with those type of things and know how to minister to, to the youth. And he put us through, like, a very strict regimen um, of, you know, studying the Word, and he wanted me to know materials, and it was pretty much, because uh, where I was, I was a believer. I loved the Lord and everything, but 
wasn't really walking fully, so it's kind of like half and half. You know, I had stuff in my life which, uh, you know, which questionable areas, you know, just the things that I would do, or in my heart I had things, you know, that I was dealing with. So basically, um, you know, pastor brought us in, and he would, you know, every day he'd be like, okay, I want you to read this one, read this one. And we'd be sitting there, and we'd be like, oh, this is so, I would be more than Rebecca. I'd be like, oh, this is so tedious, this is, oh, I have to know the word, I, have to, I already know this, you know, blah, 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 all this stuff. But anyways, I was working with the youth, and just just doing stuff that was questionable, you know, just pastor would be like, why did you do this, this thing right here, why did you make this mistake, and just excuses after excuses, and things like that, and whenever he would ask me to do something, he wasn't asking me to sin or anything, but he would ask me to do hard things. You know, he'd be like, okay, I want you, the way that I do things, I want you to do it the same way. And some of his preferences were hard as far as the Word of God. So I, w- I would say yes, but I wouldn't be, I would kind of half, half and half. And then um, right around actually Kezia's time before she was born, I really started to see in my life that there was areas which I needed to work on. And... I was really struggling, you know, in my prayer life, and my devotional life, everything. And, you know, I, I was pretty much desperate. I got into a desperate spiritual state. And I was like, Lord, I really need you. And I started, like, begging God, just being in his presence, just begging him. And I was like, Lord, you need to change me now before this little girl comes into the world. Because I don't want, you know, I don't want anything happening with her you know, I, I don't want to lead her into sin or allow the opportunity where she doesn't walk with you. So, Lord, you have to change me now so I can be as you are. You know, and that's what First John says. Uh, you know, in the day of judgment, you can stand boldly for as you are, so are we in this world. And so I asked him that. And, and shortly after, it just I started reading the word and boom, it just came to life. And I just started eating it, just eating it and eating it. And... Just, just loving it. So, and then all of a sudden, it just started applying in my life. I started seeing areas in my life where I was like, okay, the Word just started ministering to me, you know, because the Word is living, you know. So it just started working in my areas. Then it started to outflow. You know, Rebecca saw changes, differences. And, you know, even the way that I deal with people or the way that I talk, anything like that, it all started changing. And then slowly... Areas started to come out. Like I would listen to, I was really big into secular music. I was, uh, when we got married, I was into electronic music, do a lot of DJing, stuff like that. So that culture that goes with that music, it's all the drug and acid and clubs and all that kind of culture. So that was going into me. And once I started just, just, just being in his present and he started changing me, Slowly but surely, just these areas started to change. So I don't even listen to, like, music that I used to listen to. I have all these records, like thousands of records. And my turntables are collecting dust. You know, things like that. It's just all over the place. It's just the Lord just started changing. You know, even movies and the things I would watch at home just started changing. So big changes. The Lord just started doing big changes. And then Kezia, when she came in, she started to minister to me, even at her young age. Because then I had to be sensitive to watch something in front of her, or make sure she doesn't see things that she shouldn't see, things like that. 
So the Lord just started moving a big way. And then slowly but surely, it's been, it's been overflowing into other people around me. You know, people that are here, people that are outside here, it's just been going into them and they're catching it. And it's just, that's how, that's how we should be. We should be like a wildfire just catching, you know, everything in its path and let everybody be consumed by the fire, you know. So that's really what the Lord has been doing. So I just wanted to share that. Same question. Well, when we first came to Cornerstone, um, I was not at all submissive. I didn't really understand that whole concept. Like, I was like, I don't want to be a doormat for my husband. So Pastor and Minerva really work with Asher and I about me being able to submit to him and what, like, what the word said, which I knew the word said to be submissive, but in my mind, being submissive was like, okay, well, you know, God's telling me to be a doormat and just lay over and basically just do whatever my husband tells me to do and not have an opinion. And as a uh, pastor so kindly put it to me, <laughs> he said that we see that God has given you a very independent spirit, Rebecca, and if you had to, you could be a leader, but God has also given you a husband that has caused you that you don't have to be that leader, you don't have to be the one to do everything, that you can actually depend on him, and that's actually submitting to him and allowing him to be the head of the household. And when I finally started doing that, I realized, well, wait a minute, I'm being blessed, even if I might not like the way he does things sometimes, but I'm still being blessed because I'm still being obedient to God's word. And so God's been working in my life with submission, and it's still a process. (laughs) It's a continual thing, but let me tell you, his word transforms you. His word just brings you and humbles you, and when you're in his presence, you change. You don't stay the same as presence, and when you get to his presence, you don't want to leave. Like, it's almost hard to get back into the real world And so you just kind of want to just be in his presence all the time. And that's what kind of like Asher and I have been saying is just we just want to be in his presence. And we want fellow believers, we want Christians to step it up and just be in the Lord's presence. And for the church to become effective again the way the Lord originally meant us to be effective where we're changing the world and the world isn't infiltrating our church. That's good. I just wanted to share like, you know, faith, you know, and I was reading in James like, you know, the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So, and let's, let perseverance have its perfect work so that you may be complete and lack nothing. And really, that's, that's really what our lives are, are being. Like, if we're asked to do something hard, you know, as long as it's not sin, if we're asked to, like, okay, go clean the bathrooms, you know, anything. I'm just throwing something out. Even if it might be inconvenient or hard, just, just submit it and let yourself be one and just do it, and that's really where I had to. That's really what I had to do because uh, one more thing. Like I w- we were about to leave Cornerstone at one point uh, when the Lord really started changing me. I got to this point where I was like, okay, I'm 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 good, you know, I'm I'm ready to go, and the and I was ready to leave Cornerstone because I had a disagreement with Pastor about a preference, and it wasn't even anything that was like doctrinal or anything. It was just like a little preference. And I was about to leave, but the Lord used Rebecca in my life. And the Lord said, stop. <laughs> you know, don't do it. Don't leave. You wouldn't leave your wife over a preference. Why would you leave your church? Because your church is your family. So why are you leaving the church? And the Lord just spoke to me through Rebecca and through Pastor Minerva and Alex and <clears throat> at the time. But he just spoke to me. And instead of leaving, 
I actually submitted myself to pastor's preference. And because of that, the Lord just, it just like magnified, you know, like the blessings, like Rebecca just said, it just started like magnifying itself, like 30, 60, 100. And it was like in my life, I could see it and, and sense it. And all of a sudden it was like, whoa, what, what just happened? And that experience like just totally changed me just because I submitted instead of leaving and falling into sin. Because I would have been, it would have been just like the children of Israel just going in the wilderness for 40 years. It would have been another way around until the Lord brought all the situations back and he could give me another opportunity to move forward. But I didn't have to go through that. So just praise God. You know. <laughs> Let's give God a hand. Let's give God a hand. God is, God is doing great and mighty, has done great and mighty things in their lives, and he is doing great and mighty things. Um, let's have uh, Angela sort of come up. And her husband, Justin, is, is going to come with her for support. <laughs> for support. And Angela, she's um, been here for a little while. And they have two children. And she went to Heritage, Heritage High School and played tennis. And we won't hold that against you over glass. <laughs> now, the question, again, same when I asked Ash and Rebecca, uh, how were you when you came? How long have you been here first? How were you? And what changes has God made in your life and your family? Um. We've been coming since about May, and um, I've had a crazy upbringing. I really didn't have any kind of guidance spiritually. I knew there was God, and I talked to him, and, um, but I didn't have any focus with it, no one to teach me or guide me. And, um, so I, as I grew up, I started taking on the world's philosophies, and you know, I was a good person, according to the world. I was doing good things, I thought, and... Um, I have a dear friend, but uh, she's just the sweetest person I've ever seen in my life, ever met. And she was like, I go to Cornerstone. She kept encouraging me, and eight years later, I came. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't give up on me. Um, Tina Howard, so um, there's her props. Um, and so I came, and I woke Justin up that morning. I was like, let's go to church. And I was expecting, oh, honey, I have to get up every morning because he has to work on Saturdays, and he was so sweet. He was like, okay, and he got up, no grumbling. Celeste, my daughter, no grumbling. They were all wonderful. Claire, of course, she does whatever I'll do. So (laughs) she's four. Um, And it just felt right. It just, that first Sunday, even we were at the seven, you guys were at Seventh-day Adventist Church, and it felt like home. And a lot of questions I had literally had the week before pastor was talking about and answering and I was just blown away like okay we're coming back and um, I started reading every day and literally every day I get something and so when pastor asked me how God has changed me I was like well I could go on forever because he really has Um, so uh, with my relationship with my husband my daughter and I had a hard time putting God first because I'm a mom, and I was like, oh, my family comes first, my children. How could I love anything more than my children? And then it's, it hit me. It was like, well, putting God first, I started doing that, obeying him, doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And 
um, everything else has fallen into place. You know, my daughter, she's 13, and she's wonderful, and she was a good kid anyway, but she's, like, getting better. Things I just didn't imagine happening. And thank you. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's give them a hand, okay? Thanks. Thank you so much, okay? That's good. That's good. Uh, come on, John. Come on up. John speaks better Spanish than he does English. Come on up. Um, and um, he doesn't understand everything that I say, so I'll try to talk slow. Okay? All right. <laughs> um, how long have you been at Cornerstone? When did you come? Um, was it the Easter service or something like that? It's around four months. About four months, okay. Yeah. How were you and what changes have God made in your life? Okay, uh, I can start from a little bit from the beginning. I want to tell you a little bit from who I am. I'm from Chile. My name is John. And uh, I grew up in a family, a Christian family. But, uh, you know, when young people start knowing a little bit, they believe that they're all of that. And that's when my problem, because <laughs> around 17, 18 years old, I said, well, I know enough now, so I can get out from church. I like to live like everybody else does around the world, learning more s different stuff and filling up my mind with sins <laughs> and keep me away from God all the time because that's what the sin do, right? So, and then I try to fix my life by my own. I say. Well, I want to do this, this, and that, or whatever I want to do, it will be on me. And I was wrong again, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because I was trying with my girlfriend relationship, trying to change her. Uh, you want to do this, I want to do that, and, and we want to do this, and this is going to be like that. And it, it, it's not working like this. <laughs> you can't make nothing without God. That is impossible. So the relationship was always arguing, you know. And if you got this problem, you cannot continue like that. You have to put, include God in your relationship. So it's not true no more. Now it's true. And you got to be like this always. And now I can say I got a better relationship than before. So that God... It's what the, one of the things God has been doing. So I'm so um, thankful for God. Let's give God Praise a hand for what he's done John. Praise God. Thank you, John. Thank you. Thank you, John. Let's stand. You know, we could have a, just a testimony service uh, because God is doing things in all of our lives. I know that, and you know that. Uh, he's, he's a great God, and he loves us, and so he's going to be continually working in our lives. And I want to submit more and more to him, and I know you do too. So let's agree that that's what we're going to do. We're going to try very hard this year the rest of this year, to submit more to God 
than we have before because he's always been there, always will be there, but he's going to allow us to desire him more than we desire other things and other uh, people, whether it's our children, whether it's our mate, whether it's our, uh, you know, co-works, whatever, you know. Uh, we have to desire God. He, be he belongs to be first place in our life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy. We thank you, Father, that you love us so much. You gave your only begotten Son for us. We thank you for that, Lord. We thank you that we can only love you because you first loved us. We thank you for that, Lord. We thank you, Father, that you gave us a, a body to be a part of, Father, because we can't do it alone, Lord. We thank you, Father, for the, the body of Christ, Lord. We thank you. We thank you for our immediate body of Christ here at Cornerstone, but we also thank you, Father, for the body of Christ in Lynchburg that we are part of. We thank you for the body of Christ, Lord, in Virginia that we are part of, in the United States that we are part of, in the world that we are part of, Father. We are all connected to one another by the blood of Jesus. Father, it's our desire for you to continue to work in our life, Father. Work, work miracles in our life, Father. Don't allow us to go our own separate ways, Lord. Do what you need to do, Lord, to draw us more and more to a submitted position, Lord, where we desire change. Like Asher said, we crowd for change, Lord. We just can't stay the same, Lord. It has to be something else in our lives that need changing. Lord, work on that area, Lord. I have not arrived. That's what we need to be saying to the Lord. Let it be this day. If there's anybody who haven't not given their lives to Jesus Christ, today is the day. Today is the day of salvation. If anyone needs the Lord, an intimate relationship with him, then we have people, a prayer team, to come, come up prayer team. They will pray for you, with you. If you have any other needs, they'll pray with you, for you, because we love you, and so does God.